Welcome to Quick Shots, a short format traditional archery podcast where we introduce you to some of the world's most influential traditional archers and occasionally some random dudes. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quick Shots. And if you're new here, don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell notification. We upload a new episode every Wednesday and they just keep getting better and better. If you or someone you know is an interesting trad archer, leave a comment below. We'd love to get you on the show. If you want to support the channel, head on over to the tradlifearchery.com. We have toques, we have hats, we have mugs, just a bunch of stuff over there. And anything you buy goes to support this channel. We do really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Quick Shots. I'm your host, Mick Chambers. I'm here with Darren Rogers. Uh, Darren, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Dude, good. Um, so I know Darren from um, just locally here in Kansas and, and shooting with him. We've only shot once, but... Uh, pretty impressed, man. Uh, and, and just right now you're, you're crushing it. You're crushing it. You know, you're posting scores that are unbelievable. Well, I mean, it's been a long time coming. Not really. I've been, only been shooting two and a half, almost three years now and started out right-handed and switched left, but I've been shooting compound since I was 14 and competitively I shot compound about 15 years before that. So so tell before me. I switched to recurve, back to recurve. So cool. Start start from the start right from the beginning. I want to know your origin story, when you got into archery, you know, where you live, what you're doing. Just tell everyone everything about you because realistically, more people should know who you are than than <laughs> and that's why you're on this show, man. We're gonna make no, you no, I really want to stay. I want to stay not on the radar. <laughs> yeah. We're not staying on the radar, brother. This is, uh, this is about to happen right now. Okay. So Darren Rogers. I'm from Warrensburg, Missouri. Actually, everyone knows where Warrensburg is. I'm from Nobnoster, Missouri. I grew up in north central Missouri and moved here in about 2000. Been here ever since with my wife. Um, started shooting a bow when I was 15, 14, 15, just, you know, hunting, screwing around. All my friends did it and I thought it looked fun and started shooting bow. Killed my first two deer with a bow before a rifle, which was pretty cool, pretty unheard of. But yeah, and then went on a real long archery deer hunting drought <laughs> until I was, you know, an adult and got my own places to hunt and stuff. And then uh, when I moved to Nobnoster area, I met a bunch of guys at a 3D had never done a 3D before, and I was like, well, I'm gonna try it. And I was shooting a recurve at the time. Needless to say, it was uh, a learning experience. Uh, a dozen arrows later, and it was didn't even make it through the course. I was like, "Well, maybe I'll get a compound again and try that." But uh, I did in, end up buying a compound, and man, it's been a wild ride since then. Straight into the open class, and then ASA not much longer after that, and did that for like 15 years. And, just recently went back to the recurve and barebo just happened to be booming about the time I decided to go back, which is awesome for me. So who were you? I mean, okay. You decide you're going to go back to recurve, but what was the reason why you decided to go back to recurve? Well, I've been competing in the open class of ASA, NFA. I've been to Vegas three or four or five times, bunch of national events and Truthfully, my wife, she's a great compound archer. She shoots in the known 45 class for, a, for ASA, 
for the women and she's won and podium a ton. She is way more accomplished 3D archer than I ever was. Great. But uh, I really like indoor and we went to ASA and I just wasn't having fun. Like she loves it, but I just wasn't having fun anymore. And I was like, I saw the trag guy shooting and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try that. And so I did. I bought a, a recurve, but right-handed. Even though I knew I'd been shooting left-handed, I just didn't know if I was coordinated enough to shoot recurve left-handed because uh-huh. I'm left-eye dominant. Right. So I bought the recurve right-handed, tried it for a year, and I just wasn't seeing the, the performance that I wanted out of myself. And then had an elk hunt planned. My buddy talked me into buying a compound because I was going to go elk hunting with a reaper. He's like, you're going to hate yourself. Can I cut you off for one second? Like, yeah. How long ago was this? How long ago was this? This story. So, so I've only been shooting recurve left-handed for two years. So three years. Three years ago. Okay. Keep going. So we went on the elk hunt, had a great time, but one of the front, one of the guys killed an elk at like 15 yards. And I was like, I can do that with a recurve. So on the way home, I sold the bow in the truck as we're, I'm selling it on the internet, had a recurve bought before I got home and started out with just a hunting recurve. And then I bought a left-handed bear bow rig and it's pretty much been last year was limited success. And this year has been so much better. I don't know what clicked over the summer. COVID helped me out a whole bunch, evidently, because I just sat here and shot my bow. Yeah. And it's working really well. So I've had some great people help me along the way, too, though. I want to get to that. Um, tell, <laughs> talk, talk about your success, though. Like, what what do you mean by success this year? What, what success have you had? So earlier in the season, we, there's a shoot in Kansas called the Noble 1000. And there's a local legend around here. His name's Spanky Brooks. I'm sure you know who that is. And I've told him for years that I was going to get a recurve and I was going to come shoot Noble and I was going to give him a run for his money. Well, it finally worked out that we were both there and we both shot. And he handed it to me for two days on the range. But the nice thing about the Noble is it's basically two different tournaments in one. You shoot two days on the range and that gives you the high score. And then there's a five target shoot off for the top five people. So I was in third place going into the shoot off and I ended up winning it. Jeez. The pressure <laughs> must have been intense, intense. You know what? It's the bare bow community is so much different than compound because the compound guys are so cut that we're friends, but once you step up on that line, there's no friends no more. And Barebo is not like that. At least I haven't seen it that way. No, no. We're, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's been pretty good. Uh, there's so, so many good guys and we all have each other's backs. I think, I think we do. And just basically oh, yeah. you know, trad does. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've messaged, you know, the elite shooters of Barebo on Facebook just to ask them dumb newbie questions. I've never got blown off. I've never, they've always answered me to the best of their ability. Whereas if you message some of the pro compound guys, 
probably not going to get an answer right away if you get one at all. So, I mean, not, I understand they're busy and they ain't got to deal with that stuff, but. Yeah. Well, you're entering that category. No. no <laughs> okay. Keep going. Keep going. What else? What other success? What other success story? So that was like in May that happened. And then of course COVID hit and shut everything down. No 3D shoot. I was shooting local stuff, but basically when that happened, when COVID happened, I just, I got my hunting bow squared away and I just shot it almost all season. And I really didn't touch the bear bow until, I don't know, I was hopeful that Lancaster was going to get to go, but because there for a while, all the shoots started acting like they were going to take off, like nationals was going to happen in Lancaster. And I saw, we started shooting indoor fairly early, like September, Mm. early October. And from the day that I started shooting indoor this year, my scores were dramatically more improved like my groups had went down and I was like something's clicked and I just I really didn't know what it was I was like well it'll probably it's not gonna last it never does and so far so good it's still hanging in there you know knock on wood brother knock yeah, on that's wood. right that's right <laughs> so I mean we just had we I shot the quarantine uh indoor nationals and it ended up the final results just posted today and it looks like I've finished up in sixth place for that. So that's like the highest I've ever ranked in any national event. So yeah, you, and then, it's uh, hard to fly under the radar. You start putting up scores like that. <laughs> it's like people are I got to quit posting my, I got to quit posting my practice scores on the bareboat group because everybody keeps talking about it. Some fantastic NFAA, uh, scoring i mean what did you just shoot the other day not 298 a 298 well 298 but see evidently the midwest were kind of weird when we do our pro-ams they count the x as a point yeah so it was a 284 if you don't count the x as a point so which is still for me that's right up there my highest practice score is a 288 so that no that's that's still really good bro yeah yeah so, and then, so now we got all these new tournaments coming and we got a pretty, we got the Rushmore Rumble shoot coming in February. And then the weekend before that, here in Missouri, there's a new shoot, the Show Me Showdown, I think is what they call it. Yeah. And I'm it's a, basically it's a Lancaster format. And since I've never been to Lancaster, it's going to be a new beast for me. But I got to go. You got to ride the wave. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely do. And so so that's sort of your background. Now, you're you're about to say, you know, that you you you've talked to some people and, and um, you know, you, you're just continually getting better and better and better. Uh, you popped sure. out of hunting season. Right. So you were shooting a heavier bow during hunting season. Correct. All right. Yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit because I want to kind of dig down in that. Tell me a little bit about your hunting bow setup first. Like, what 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 are you shooting for hunting? Well, my hunting bow is a Dryad uh, UL19 riser. It's the only aluminum riser that Dryad makes. They're out of Texas, yeah. and I actually just happened upon it by happenstance. Actually, a guy was trying to do some trading. It looked like exactly what I wanted: 19-inch riser, and so I put that, paired that up with some Uka limbs. I'm pulling about 44 pounds. 
and uh, I shoot a 500 grain full length Victory V-Force with uh, 250 grains up front. Nice. And it's a pretty hard hitting arrow for, it's not the heaviest hunting bow that I've ever shot, but those Uka limbs are so much faster than any hunting limb I've ever shot before. Which, just, which, which Uka limbs do you have? I have the Evo too. It's just, I mean, it's like the beginning of their line, but man, I couldn't imagine the performance being any better out of a budget limb. Oh my gosh. You know, they're, they're so good. They're so good. And now the, the new limbs this year, the new replacement for Evo twos have 50% carbon as opposed to the 20% carbon. And they're right. on top of those they are two or three feet per second faster. Yeah. So, and I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. I know guys that are trying to use them for trad, like straight up trad and their gaps are just massive. too big. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't, they, they're like, I have to shoot like a 700 grain arrow to make my gap right. Yeah. I'm like, that's silly. You should just string walk and come. Bare that's, that's right. And you know, um, I, I had on the show, uh, Peter, um, Ugard, uh, um, and he, um, sorry if I mess up his, his last name. Um, but he was talking, he has a great video out and like, why do people keep asking how much weight I'm pulling? Because it, it may, it's, it's starting to make no difference. Right. I mean, it's just what limbs right. are you have. Cause those Uka limbs, and then even at the higher end range of those Uka limbs, you know, what we used to pull on a wood bow, you know, 50 pounds is now it's, it's around 40. Right? Yeah. Same and I, I have an old bear. Uh, it's a hunter Kodiak and it's 50 pounds, but these Ukas are three times faster than that bow ever thought about being. Uh, and, and everyone asked me, are you going to hunt with a wooded bow? I was like, that wood bow just doesn't do what I want it to do. Like, I love a wood bow. I think they're beautiful bows. But for me to want to swap limbs around, maybe I want to go shoot a 3D. Just pop a set of limbs off, pop a set of limbs on, and I can go do whatever I want. I still shoot off the shelf when I hunt. I don't use a springy or I don't use a cushion plunger or any of that. Okay. But I still shoot it off the shelf. I just don't. And – I may not do that next year. I may go to an AccuTune with a springy rest like Paul Helms talks about all the time. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I just recently went to a springy rest. If those people, um, usually my, well, I have a mixed bag of uh, people who listen to this show. So I just kind of like to explain things a little bit more. So a springy yeah. rest. Um, so Darren's talking about shooting off the hump on the, 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 uh, the crown hump on top of his dryad. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. I actually didn't even know that dryads had a hump on them. Um, but I guess they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're radius shelf. They're radius. Yeah. Shelf. It actually it kind of looks like the like a CD has the hump. Yep. It's kind of like that, but it's not as pronounced as that. Yeah, and that's and that's CD archery, and they're famous for their WF uh, 1925s uh, 20-inch right. risers and the new 21-inch riser. Bye. <laughs> That's <laughs> everyone's everyone's uh kind of drooling over that one um but yeah and then uh and then the springy rest is this kind of i think it's like 20 years old this thing yeah it just kind of looks like a pig's tail it's kind of weird it's like it's, a pig's tail it's just like a little spring with a little thing it looks like a broken spring that's exactly um, what it looks like and you know it's just making a resurgence i mean honestly they used to someone told me that hoyt bows or some bow used to come with them all the time and he has like a drawer full of them, <laughs> and, but but yeah, they're they're uh, they're making a resurgence, and, and guys like Paul Helms are using that, and uh, they're yeah. getting good results. 
Aaron Schneider uses it. Um, so that's kind of why it's getting really popular. But okay, I could definitely, sorry. I could definitely see how it's going to be if you've made it with the AccuTune like those guys are. I mean, you're basically making a super nice rest out of two things that were never meant to work together. But <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So so that's your hunting setup. And yep. uh, what's your what's your target? Your indoor uh, setup that you've been shooting lately. Indoor setup is uh, so it's a Milo. It's a they're out of Britain, yep, or United Kingdom, I should say. And I bought it off Lancaster because it was open box and it was left-handed and perfect, perfect. perfect. It's a 25-inch Elite riser. Uh, I shoot the Uka Evo twos in long, uh, 34 pounds at 28 inches. I got an endless loop. Uh, it's the blood bloodline material, 99 spectra. Okay, I don't. It's that's more. It's a waxless new string material. It's supposed to come out big on compounds, but since it was 99 percent spectra, I guess that is really good for our strings too. So I tried it out. It's been working really good, so I'm not changing it. No, don't change um, it. Who who got you that? Like, where you did you build it? No, I, there's a guy that was building me a Flemish. Flemish strings for my hunting bows yeah and he started using this material in my Flemish strings and I was like can you make me an endless loop for my Olympic or my bare bow rig he's like yeah so he's like try it out see what you think and so he sent me one for free and I haven't it's been working really good we need to drop a, a, a his name on this or should we I mean I can it's a Crutcher Creek uh yeah, I found him on Facebook. Really, I mean, he was on some of the trad pages, yeah. offering up strings. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, great. Okay, Crutcher yeah. Creek. And, uh, Crutcher Creek. Yeah, I can get a. I can send you the information. You that's cool. I'll put it. I'll put it in the link. Yeah, yeah. So people. Yeah. Can, yeah, man. He sends you a string, and it's new material. It's interesting. Um, yeah, that's cool. Okay, sorry. Finish. Finish your story about your your So using the Uko Evo 2 at 34 pounds and uh, I have a homemade brass weight. It's kind of styled after a Yost, but it's way bigger. It's two pounds of chunk. It's just a chunk of two pound brass I bought off eBay for like 25 bucks. So, and I had a local machinist do some work on it. So, uh, and I use an AAE rest the free flight rest yep and probably the cheapest w or ww little plunger oh. we lost you take a second i'm here hey i'm back. Hey, back sorry uh just a cheap little plunger there's like a 25 dollar plunger but it yep. seems to be working i want to play with that magnetic plunger that dillinger's been but yeah uh, 125 bucks for a plunger is a little bit out of my price range right now. So, is it still 125? I, I know that he's yeah. trying to get that below like what a biter yeah. would cost. Yeah, it's still, I talked to him right around Christmas and he's, they're still right at 125. I mean, eventually I'll just bite the bullet and do it. But right now, it's uh, yeah, just out of the range with traveling for these shoots and stuff. I still work. 40 hours a week so I'm not, <laughs> i get i have a few little sponsors and i'm really happy to have them and they help a ton and mainly you, because it's an arrow sponsor and you know how trad arrows go 
I know. Well, I, you shot with me, you know. I go. Through. <laughs> well, I was talking about every time you put like three twists in your string, you gotta go get another spine arrow. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's that is true. <laughs> uh, who who's sponsoring you? Who are your sponsors? Uh, so I have Victory Arrows, which they've been with me since I was compound. And when I told them I was gonna go to trad, they're like, "Hey, more power to you if you can make it work. We're here to help you." So. And then me and my wife both got picked up by uh, Vortex Optics this year. So See that? it's been awesome. She was she was uh, on Nikon staff when we met. And, of course, Nikon did away with her archery staff about two years ago. So we've both been just kind of in limbo, just hanging out, seeing what was out there. Vortex seemed to have the best warranty, and they make a great optic. So Yeah. But when they were. <laughs> they were looking for shooters and we sent them an app and they picked us up. So why not? Absolutely. I mean, it's not cheap doing the stuff that you're doing. And, and uh, I actually appreciate when people get things so that it makes it a little bit, their life a little bit more comfortable. So that, like you said, I mean, you know, what a, a lot of archers have to think about, all right, do I want to get that new riser? That's going to give me two or three more points or save that money and be able to go two or three, two more shoots, two different shoots, you know, and, and, and then pay to, to get in those shoots and then drive there and camp and all that other stuff that you got to do hotels. Um, it's expensive. It gets expensive, man. Yeah. And um, so it, it's, we want the best of the best in the bare bow. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. yeah no, and I think, you know, my victory sponsorship, they're coming right along in the bare bow community. I mean, Dwayne Martin's shooting them. He's not sponsored by them. And Spanky is sponsored by him, and he was actually – he was approached by them to shoot for him after he saw me shooting him, and he asked me a bunch of questions about him. But they've been great. I mean, they offer enough spines for us because, you know, we're those weird guys that need seven and 800 spine arrows most of the time. So for my indoor setup, I'm just shooting the straight-out hunting arrow, basically. You need, I think last time I shot with you, you were shooting like a 700 spine. Yeah, I have. Well, they were probably 800s cut short, but yeah, I was shooting the VAPs. You're shooting you the VAPs at 800. Over. I was like, dude, I, I'm like, I couldn't tune for, I mean, it just, so for new people who are listening to, and they're just getting in your bareboard career or you're shooting trad, your release makes a huge difference on what spine you have to take. Oh, to. Yeah. Right. So if you have like a crap release like me that goes like this, you have your spined arrow. And then if you have a great smooth release like Darren, it obviously has, uh, you can have a, I, I believe that's still true. Uh, you can have a layer, but I couldn't believe that you were shooting a 700 spine or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Amazing. But I mean, I just ordered and hopefully they'll be here before we go outside. I ordered some of the VXTs. And so they're the ones that are tapered and you, uh, you can change the spine by trimming it off the back. So it'll be a whole new beast for me. I'm, I'll be calling John Dillinger and asking him how he set those up so he could win Lancaster. He probably won't call, let me know now, but. <laughs> <laughs> when you're coming in 30th place, he's okay to give you a damn but... Yeah. He'll be like, I've never heard of you, but it'd be fine. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, John's an awesome dude. Um, and you know what? He's been, he's such a good He's such a good person and such a good ambassador for the sport. And so easily he's very approachable and stuff. So he's, yeah. he's a great dude. I've actually 
I don't know. I I was playing around with my anchor point so much, and I was evidently I have some of the same problems he did coming from a compound background, mm-hmm. and so I tried anchoring more like he does towards the front of your face. Yes, he's really here, and I think that's some of the stuff that's helped me be more consistent is actually finding a solid anchor and. Because in Barebow, you know, that's half the battle is finding a good, solid anchor. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And for everyone who struggles with finding an anchor and then listening to 150 people tell you 150 different ways to anchor. Like I literally, literally, they, you know, everything, there's so many things that are running through my head. And the beauty of having a show like this is that I get to bug all you guys first. And I, get, get your, but I mean, literally I have people coming, you know, like it's going through my head as I'm, I'm pulling back to anchor and they're saying, no, you got to come underneath your jaw here. You got to no. be second finger in there. You got to be up on your cheekbone. You got to be under your chin. You got to be uh, here on your front tooth. You got to be, you know, there's like a million things, right? Uh, so what, tell me about, tell me about this anchor. Tell me about your anchor, because this is an interesting conversation to have. So, I tried the corner of the mouth. I tried using your eye tooth and evidently I I'm those don't work for me. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, I just anchored at the corner of the mouth and, you know, we just kind of floated out there shooting instinctive and Mm -hmm. we were just flinging arrows basically. But this bear bow, I mean, let's face it. It's as precise as you want to make it. You can either, and I call myself a fill shooter. I'm not super robotic. I don't do the same thing. If you watch me shoot, most people are like, do you get into your back? I was like, I have no idea. I could not tell you. I've never had anyone really coach me. I've had some people look at my form and when it's bad, it's bad. And when it's good, it works really well. So, but my, my anchor, I was, I was very inconsistent. Because, you know, with all much, this much scruff on your face, here and here, you can't, I can't tell the difference with a tab in between it. Yeah. And, but when I come to the front, you know, that's a landmark that doesn't move. So, like I, like I told a little Joe Egg guy to, this weekend at that tournament, he's like, how do you anchor like that? I said, I basically, I'm kissing the tip of my finger, which sounds really weird, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I, I just bring it right into the very center of my lips with my index finger. And it's very repeatable. It probably shortens my draw by an inch, but. Where's now, where's the string in relation to when you you have it anchored here? Right in the center of my nose. Right in your nose. So I was going to get to that. So I was watching. I actually probably put too much nose into the string. That's my downfall. If I get lazy, I'll dip my head to get over the center of the arrow and it'll actually put me into my string more. Okay. And I can feel it kind of like when I shot compound, I'd always push into my nose. And that was one of my issues as I get too much face contact by pushing in. So you are probably your left and left and right. So I've got to be perfect. Almost. Well, you're shooting lights. Out. I mean, because Kaminsky, I was listening to Kaminsky. The reason I'm asking is because Kaminsky was, I just listened to him today. I, I picked up one of his, he was talking about his anchor and there was a, some messages. I went through some of his, 
his uh, message board and, and stuff. And, and, and basically the guy, a lot of them said, Hey, he's like, I got this really crazy deep gap. Like I got a big gap and it's because he's shooting a fast bow, right? He's shooting a right. 40, he's shooting like 42 pounds, 43 pounds or something. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. 45 pounds. And, and, and yet he still anchors low. Right. But he right. keeps it up front here and right. the, the strings right there. So he, he likes that because it's kind of like Olympic recurve. Right. So it's back here and underneath and he's anchoring really low, but it's coming right here, the string. Right. So that's the same thing you're doing. And he, the reason he says he's doing it is because his lefts and rights are always perfect because of the string blur. I mean, I have noticed and on my targets, like, have been keeping most of them just so I can because I don't use one of the apps on your phone where you track and plot your arrow but I also lollipop so you'll notice on all my targets that my miss will be like six o'clock yeah. on the white blue on the NFA face or it'll be the nine eight line those are my big like that's my miss but I will have them off to the side you know I'm not perfect I'm not oh, shot 298 on Vegas like the Sweden no, yeah, that, that dude is uh, that was great that's like crazy <laughs> evidently i need to move to europe if i want to be that good <laughs> you shoot at 290 i i just uh, it's it's for people who are listening that's uh, out of 300 um right. and it's what the, i guess they consider that a half game half game yeah yeah because you know it's a 600 round but the the, right. the, the two the 298 on a half game and then uh, uh, the problem with that is it might, if I, maybe I'm mistaken, but that was on a 40 centimeter target. Right, I mean, it was a 40 centimeter target, which makes it twice as hard because you, that 10, that 10 is so small and you got to fit three arrows in it. Yeah. Touching three arrows in, in one target. That that's not easy. That's why, that's why compound guys don't shoot a single spot, right? They shoot that's up right. spots. I mean, I've been – I had to put pin knocks in my arrows this year because that shoving three of them in there is hard on them. Listen, I can't believe the flexing going on here right now. No way. I'm just <laughs> telling you that it costs a lot of money if you're blowing arrows up all the time. You just said you, you got a sponsor. You're fine, dude. Uh, no, only – I don't get that. I don't get unlimited. This is not a video game. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta put pin. When I get to the point, I gotta put pin knocks in. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm probably, I'll probably switch to another sport. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. Well, I, I don't know. Archery is a lot like golf, so. Yeah, yeah. There's ups and downs, man. Some days you're on, some days you're not. And that's right, for sure. And one of the big things that I noticed that you've done, and you've kind of pushed me to a little bit, is to get into tournaments and get into. Get, get into competition, get into leagues because it's, it's certainly helped you. Um, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? And I mean, yeah, I'm, I actually have been running leagues for um, four years, five years. I mean, we don't have per se any leagues down around me. The closest one's probably an hour, any direction from me, but we have spaces available and I just want to shoot. And if, I'm going to be there shooting. I might as well bring as many people as I can do it to do it because I need somebody on that line next to me because you're never going to recreate that shooting by yourself. No, unfortunately you're, you're right. And uh, me and, and my, it's too cold to go stand in my backyard and do it or I would. It's like Dwayne Martin says is uh, you're, you're always a champion in your backyard. That's right. 
That's right. I mean, now I don't I only have like one or I have one other guy shooting recurve with me right now. And then I I have another one. He bounces back and forth between compounds, but he's a really good barebow shooter in his own right. He just hasn't give up on he really wants to be able to shoot that compound and shoot that barebow at the same time. It's yeah. a really hard thing to do. But we have roughly eight to ten people on a given night at our league. So and they're mostly compound guys. I offer them every week if they would spot me 25 points, I'll shoot head to head with them. <laughs> I ain't had anybody take me up on it yet. So. I wouldn't take you up on that either. Why not? Come on. <laughs> Dude, come on. 25 points. Hey, listen, um, if there was one thing, though, I know I know you said earlier that you're not sure what's going on, right? But but give me one piece of advice. What What's that one piece of advice? What's that secret sauce? What, what can I do right now to change something and become a better? Maybe maybe it's just two, three, four points. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's 10 or 20. Oh man, I don't know. It's, it's so much trial and error. It's so, cause I, I don't mind tinkering, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do like wholehearted changes in, to my form. That's hard for me to do. Like I listened to Matt Zernzak talking to some guys today on a podcast and I was like, he's talking about doing a whole form renovation during COVID. I'm like, that's dedication. Like I definitely think the thing that you could do is a finds doesn't have to be a coach, but it definitely needs to be a peer, someone that you could get knowledge out of. Luckily for me, I have the internet and yeah. Don and John and Matt Zernzak's made a ton of videos. And if you're a visual learner like me, that's good. But if you're hands-on, well, that's a little tougher. But now they have like the boot camp that you went to. Yeah, that was awesome. That have to be, I mean, that's not for teaching you how to shoot bear bow, though. That's just to hone what you already know. But they have those online courses. Yep. And I think Joel Turner and uh, Tom Klum. Yeah, they have that immersion clinic that they put on. I mean, the ability to get good coaching is available now. It didn't always used to be. If you have the time and the, sometimes the money, yeah. you, can go, you can get it. But, you, I mean, the, if you're a visual learner, get a coach, get with – somebody the bare bow guys i've never messaged one of them and that didn't answer me so there's enough of the shoots you can go to and talk to these guys they're just like talking to your anybody to your friends they're the nicest people i've ever met honestly and you know what's was shocking to me too and we should mention this is that uh when i started and for anyone else that's listening um when i started and I'm in a, a small little town in Kansas. Um, I didn't think that there was anyone shooting because you're inundated with people who should compound bows. Right. You go to Bass Pro, you go everywhere. It's you can only buy a compound bow. You know, a recurve bow is somewhere in the back shelf and it's getting dusty and no one gives a shit about that stuff. And and they just and if you ask about it, they're like, eh, here's a compound bow. Um, and then so I literally thought there was no one in my area um who shot traditional archery like no one 
was so, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. It's, it's not that it's that, that I feel like our community is not good at communicating, um, you know, out out enough. And, and what happened was I actually, in my backyard, I have the, uh, a, a traditional only 3d range. There's a, there's a, there's a club in my backyard. Um, uh, basically, uh, probably like five, five to 10 miles away. Um, and so, and there's a ton of people there and there's like, Darren is, is, you know, I think you're like two and a half, two hours away from me. Uh, Spanky's like two hours away. Um, Ken Davis is, is like two hours away. He's a great, yeah. another, he's one of our friends who's a, a fantastic archer. Um, there's just so many people locally. Uh, so check locally, you know, you might think that there's yeah. not terrible people there, but there, there will be. And it is hard to find them, but once you find them, you'll be amazed how many there are. I mean, they're, they're kind of, I don't know. It's almost like they're recluses, but <laughs> they, they don't ever come out of the woods or I don't know, but I've got, we've, I got, Mark, we've got Mark Hodge is, is, is in Lawrence, Kansas. He's literally 30 minutes away from me. I, I it's a resource I, I need to utilize a little bit better. I Jeff Hale lives in the same town as me almost. See, there's one town over from me, like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so there's just a, a lot of people, right, in this in, in Kansas. I didn't realize. Yeah, and Kansas, right there where you are, is a like a little hub. And then 30 minutes from where I am here, they have the traditional Mo Jam every year, which is all the freaking self-bows and all that stuff. And, I mean, I knew about it my whole life, but I've never – ever even dreamt about going to something like that but now i would in a minute i'm still not going to shoot one of them bows that's all snaky and (laughs) we put a plunger on that thing i (laughs) mean you know i noticed self-bow guys don't have cavities um the reason why is that they get shaken out every time they shoot a shot (laughs) those things are those guys it's like (laughs) i've watched those self-bow the self bow class at IBO and them things shoot pretty good. Dude, I was there for that. I, I filmed the the world championship and I, and they had that self bow competition. And I thought to myself, Oh, well, good. I'm going to feel better about myself because you know, at, you know, at least I'm a little bit better than the self bow guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're like so good. Like so good. I couldn't believe how good they were. It was, it was amazing. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I'll tell you that. Yeah, uh, everybody keeps telling me I need to go. I was like, well, I, I can go, but I'm going to have to shoot that R, RU class because I don't, I can't shoot a wood bow. <laughs> no, the, or you, but the, I was, uh, sorry, I was talking about the IBO World Championship, which is right. That, they, have can, the, they have bare bow class. The RU class? What is, they have RU. Yeah. But they have bare bow class. Right. Same thing. Isn't it? Is it? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. I'm going to, <laughs> I think it's the same class. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Cause, uh, cause uh, bear, they have bear bow and then they have hunter class and they have like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it was a fun experience. It was a humbling experience for me, but I feel like a lot, I'm a lot more prepared this year and I can't wait to go. Oh. Uh, and I, I'm starting to get a little bit. I keep drag. I'm going to have to come to your house and just drag you out. I guess you just got to come to my house and show me what I'm doing. Right. Ah, there's no secrets, man. There's no secrets. No, no secrets. If you shoot with me, you'll see it. I know I do. I got to come up, but I don't want to shoot at a tournament. You keep inviting me to tournaments. I can't shoot with you at a tournament. I got to, I got to, I got to get you one-on-one. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm angling for a one-on-one lesson with you. <laughs> I see that. All right. Well, maybe at the end of February, it'll slow down enough to where I can go do something. Okay. Well, that'd be cool. Hey, is there, so is, is there anything about you that uh, people may not know that you want? To <laughs> well, there's a lot of things they don't know about me. Well, something that you can share. <laughs> <laughs> um, like uh, yeah. oh, you I'm really love ballroom board. dancing or something like that. Oh, I really like watching the British Baking Show, man. That's something. <laughs> I love that too. I love the British, the way they talk, man. I wish I could have, if I could have an accent, that'd be the one I got. Yeah, you have an accent, all right. It's just. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody's got an accent. You're from Canada. Yeah, I don't. You you have a Southern like accent almost. No way. <laughs> I'm from hey, Northern man. Missouri. I sure do have a Southern accent. <laughs> a hey, all right, dude. Um, thanks for chatting with us. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, you are climbing the rung. Uh, just keep up the good work. Just whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. I'm so excited to watch you um, get more and more successful as you go. It's real fun. It's a fun It's a fun watch for me. And all your friends are, are saying the same thing, obviously. So uh, we're all pushing for you uh, to do well. And all so right. uh, congratulations on your, your recent success and, and just keep hammering away. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. And uh, if you want to hit up Darren, you can hit him at Darren Rod on Instagram. Darren yeah. Rod on Instagram. Or just Darren Rogers on Facebook. Or Darren on Rogers Facebook. on Facebook. That's right, too. And he said that everyone in Barebo is, is friendly. We'll always reply back to you. So uh, hit him up if you can. And uh, it, again, it's going to be interesting watching the rest of your career. So thanks, everyone. Uh, appreciate everything you do. Please, 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 everyone be safe and healthy and happy. And we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. <laughs>